coming up on Just Elders Podcast. This podcast honestly was inspired by Congressman John Lewis' last words. Wow. Do you want change or do you want access you to go. the benefits of white people? Man. Anything that happened in the city of Atlanta, the water boy did it. A nigga robbed the bank and they're like, and he dropped the bottle of water on the way out. <laughs> Y'all think that white people acceptance is success. So for you to say who is our leader, my question is, where are our followers? We get and shout out to Mark. The video looked real good. Oh, yeah. Video sure. looked real good. Sure. You know sure. Sure. Y'all check that out. Just as a podcast on YouTube. Phone, you know when we used to cake under the cover? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? After seven, because you're minute free. Oh. Sell my one. It's lighting up. Oh, shit. Nigga, you took it back on that one. So look. I asked him the question of all questions. I said, where did you hear that from? He said, that's what they say. And I said, what, Elder? Who are they? <laughs> There's a group of niggas everywhere called they who just give misinformation. That's what we just talking about. So I was thinking the other day, I said, man, if I run for office, dog, I wonder what's the clip they going to pull on my ass. <laughs> like, the brother Bill Cosby, that man built black pride, bro. And I'm going to double down on it. You know, I'm six, seven, eight, nine, remembering that shit, right? Mm-hmm. Riding in the car, going to her crib, going to the dope house, all that. But then I remember my homeboy Bear, his whole household, bruh, decimated by crack. We got young men that are literally fighting for the lives and survival of their families by doing honest work. We're not talking about selling crack. We're not talking about selling weed. We're talking about selling the number one resource on the fucking planet. I always tell them Eldred is the gold standard for his work, bro. Oh, yeah. You hear a lot of people when it comes to politics say, you know, you need to vote because our ancestors died for that. Right. And I believe we should honor our ancestors work, but I don't feel like we should pick and choose what work we honor. Our ancestors died to read. So just like we jump on people for not voting, we need to jump on for people not reading our work. Mm-hmm. Our ancestors died for ownership. Just like we jumping on folk for not voting, we need to jump on people for not owning their own businesses, owning their own land, only owning their own homes. Our ancestors died for so much more than just voting. Ready? Born ready. Y'all know what time it is. Turn up your radio. You are tuning in to your favorite podcast. It's that time. This that revolutionary music. What's up, family? It's your boy Eldridge, and you are tuning into the greatest podcast to ever hit the airways. That is the Jess Eldridge podcast. I'm super excited because we're about to record the greatest episode we have ever recorded. I say that every time, and I mean it every single time. Welcome, especially to my YouTube family. So glad that you are here. Um, Y'all, we have a lot to talk about today. We have a lot to talk about, and I'm super excited. Keith, how you feeling, man? You already know, man. Another uh, week. We in here. Episode 55. 
No, no, no. <laughs> what is this? No, no, no. I'm saying episode 55, but you know, it's like a new. It's, you know, it's, it's like the first episode like, back. All right, all right, so check this out. This is episode 55, but episode one of season two. <laughs> We are officially in our new year. Yeah, yeah, officially I, I like our, that. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we got like a new, uh, yeah. a new intro song to the to hey, the show. It's a new bag, right? Like yeah. somebody got to do something different, like get a haircut or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I got hair this time. <laughs> they they don't know yet. They don't know. <laughs> um, man, we are super excited, man. We definitely gonna get into this. Uh, first, let me start out by saying thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. To everybody that supported us on our one-year anniversary, episode 53 and 54, part one and part two was absolutely dope. Y'all listened. Um, y'all gave us reviews. We really love it. Uh, and we're going to start out, before I introduce my two distinguished guests, let's go to the uh, reviews, kid. Yeah, so uh, for our one-year anniversary, we got some reviews. We actually got some cards, too, man. Shout out to hey, the people. Thank cards, you for the man. cards, man. Yeah. Let, let us know. Y'all love us. Yeah, yeah. So, uh First person, we got uh, good sister Kai. You know, Kai, she, came, she came on the pod. Uh, what, what episode was that we talked about? Uh, uh, that was sister got something to say. Volume. Uh, yeah. It wasn't six, was it? It was, it was the last one. It was the last Which volume. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> the last ever. Uh, it says congratulations, Eldridge. I knew you could do it. You knew you could do it, and Keith knew you could do it. Yep. That's why we got him on the mic for. I am super proud of you. I have enjoyed listening and supporting you however I could. <laughs> Love, Kai. Hey, uh, let me just say, Kai has uh, been a super supporter of this podcast. Um, that sister is absolutely amazing. And I love her. And I thank you for all she's done to the podcast. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Words can't express. I don't have enough words. I don't have enough diction. <laughs> That's what uh, August said. I don't have enough diction <laughs> to describe. I like what Michael Jordan dad has said. A simple man like me does not know enough words to express my gratitude. <laughs> I was like, damn. <laughs> damn. That should have worked every time. That uh, what he said. <laughs> now, we also got another one from uh, Foxy P from D.C. Foxy <laughs> She actually gave us a card and a review, so I'm going to read the card first. All right. Uh, the card says, 52 weeks down and a lifetime of great content provided by the universe to come. Congratulations on the successful first year of the JEP. She gave us one of those uh, God is using you cards. You know, one of those cards where the message on, on the, the card, card is also good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you've ever wondered if, if what you do and who you are makes a difference in someone's life, if you are inspired with courage, if you give hope through your faith, I'm here to say yes, you do. Just wanted, uh, just wanted you to know how grateful I am for the difference you make in my life. So I'm assuming that's all of y'all's lives. You know, appreciate that. Foxy P has definitely been since she came on and started listening. She's been an advocate for the podcast for sure, for sure. And I like her uh, her review she just gave us. Um, gentlemen, love the back to back first anniversary episodes. Keep idea. Yeah, we gave y'all a little taste. This is a little taste of what y'all gonna be getting as far as content. Like, right, right, know, right, right. When we get and something. shout out to Mark, the video look real good. Oh yeah, video for look sure. real good. For sure, you know for saying? sure. Go check that out. Just as a podcast on YouTube. For sure, uh, gentlemen, love the back to back first anniversary episodes. What a fantastic trek through the JEP crate, uh, crates. You two have a lot to be proud of, especially when you consider how far the podcast has come in terms of production quality yes. and the expanded variety of relevant content. 
Glad to hear you guys have found a permanent home. Definitely excited to see you taking the J, uh, Just Eldridge podcast to the next level with the addition of Mark, YouTube, and video, and a personal trainer. She put the eyes. She put the eyes. You <laughs> hey, know it's, it. hey, <laughs> hey, it's coming. I'm 214. Me and my training ain't got started yet. It's about to go down. Oh, shit. Yep. It's about to go down. <laughs> I'm actually going to bring him on to talk about it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm bringing him on to talk about him and my little sister. Because when they see him, then they'll be like, okay, this shit. Oh, yeah. He the real deal. <laughs> real <laughs> deal, holy deal. <laughs> Tell them come covered up. Uh, now, does that mean we get to hear more from Dr. Bass and Mr. Serial Side Negro asking for a foxy friend? <laughs> Shout out to my boy Moses. Yep. <laughs> Moses about to get him one play. <laughs> Can't wait to subscribe to the Why Black Man Why podcast. Hoping Paulette, Paulette's pearls of wisdom won't be too far behind. And it definitely won't. It won't. Be. Um, and I'm truly grateful that I discovered this podcast in February. It's been one of the best highlights of 2020. Keep that same energy, Eldridge and Keith. The best is clearly yet to come. And she put some of those air horns in here. Appreciate so that. I appreciate, appreciate, that. appreciate that. that, man. And I know we had a couple on Apple as well. Yeah. It literally is one on there from uh, our boy. We read that. We have it. Because he said hashtag ready, born ready. I'm telling you, we ain't read that one. I know we haven't read that. We, we shouted them out. Bro, I'm telling you, we haven't read that. So what happened, me and Keith actually read y'all reviews on the phone to each other. And then we'd be like, did we read that? Nah, we didn't read it. Because the one that said inspiring. I don't, I don't see you, I don't see it. Let's see. Well, I'll read it next week if we got it. Cause I promise you, I promise you I thought that was a new one. Mm-hmm. Gentlemen, you are an inspire, inspiration to me, and I will be in touch due, uh, in due time. We didn't read that one? Yeah. Not, I, thought, I thought we read that one. Oh, okay. Cool. Well, shout out to him again. Reggio Macko. Club BBC, not mm-hmm. what you think. <laughs> All right, so look, y'all, thank y'all yeah. for those reviews. Thank you, Kai. Thank you, Fossey P. Uh, thank you for everybody gave us the unofficial reviews through text, call. We appreciate y'all. We are, I promise y'all, uh, year two is going to look different. It's going to feel different. We're about to get y'all some real juice. Uh, with that being said, let me introduce my guests. Um, super excited about these two brothers. Because um, when I brought them, when I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about, I was like, it's a lot we're talking about, and I need some brothers who are going to be versed, you know what I'm saying? And they're going to yeah. be able to handle the conversation in an articulate, uh, intelligent, conscious, funny as fuck way. <laughs> so I'm going to start out right here to this brother to my left, y'all right. Uh, my big brother, one of the realest motivators. Eternal Educators, founding member, what we call the whip <laughs> of Let Us Make Man. Give it up for my boy, Keenan Walker. <laughs> What's up, Doc? Let take his advertisement off. <laughs> yeah, shameless plug. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm excited to be here, bro. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Keith, this right here, man. I'm just watching, just like the way the background changed up. We were at the table, season one. Now we on the couch, part him on the stool. I feel like you know we moving on up to the east side, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Uh, 
last time we had you on, we actually called you. Uh, uh, didn't we call him board the house in the house board? Then we, we call, yeah, yeah, we called you then, then man. We did call, yeah, during because uh, we, we were asking about what the educators were doing. Yeah, yeah. man. So we, uh, for, for how, how are you doing, man? You getting ready to you? School, you about yeah. to be in it? School is here. Well, school is here, but education has been going on all summer long. That's what's up. Hey, dog. We're going to dive into it because I, I really want to know, uh, you know, just get your perspective. Because I know Walton County, they gave, like, options. You can either go or not go. It's, it's it, But it was like you got to sign up to go. So, and then it was like if you don't go on the first day, then you can't come later on. Yeah, oh, yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot of fuck shit happening. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so uh, – I'm definitely uh, excited to see what happened next. Um, this next brother I want to bring to the microphone, my right, your left. Uh, on this podcast, he's known as the Wise Sage. <laughs> <laughs> Parham, you have now been on the Just Elders podcast over five times. Five. So, uh, y'all give it up for my big brother, uh, the brother that knows the answer. But always won't give it to you. <laughs> give it up, my big brother, Frederick Pyhair. Shut up, man. Is the camera on yet? Yeah, it's on. <laughs> Shit, I'm in here, baby. <laughs> hey, look, you can't hide now. <laughs> hey, look, folks used to be on this podcast talking real saucy. <laughs> we, we, no, poli- no politicians can be on this podcast. <laughs> No, sir. I, I was thinking the other day. I said, man, if I run for office, dog, I wonder what's the clip they're going to pull on my head. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's the Because like, like, I'm giving these motherfuckers a lot of ammo, right? Yeah, like, I wonder what they're going to pull. <laughs> the the clip, like, I ain't apologizing for shit. I ain't apologizing yeah, for shit. That's the clip. That's the clip. And I'm going to double down on it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, it's cool, man. Um, this first thing I want to talk about, Revolutionary Movie Night. We have been successful Five weeks in a row, man. Uh, and that's really how these brothers got here. Y'all came, y'all came last night, man. So I just want y'all to get the people from your perspective. You've attended, you've seen the vibe. Uh, what y'all think about Revolutionary Movie Night, man? Man, the vibe was so dope. I'm sitting here like a, uh, 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 Black Wolf Creek right over here in the hood. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like laid back, man. You can just feel the love in the air. And then the police scene last night on Malcolm X. All Negroes have seen it. I'm sorry. Um, brother Malcolm would say all Afro-Americans. Afro <laughs> yes, sir. So what I'm saying though, Elgin, man, the energy is, um, it's just synergy all over. I'm talking about, you didn't have to ask me to help clean up at the end of the show because the energy is just so positive that once I saw mom moving, it's just like it was natural for me to go in. Just big kudos to people walking up asking you, you know, like questions. I love how, you know, like you acknowledge everybody. I even saw um, a couple leaving and you made sure that you shook their hands just to say thank you for coming out here to keep this positive black on black love, not crime, black on black love going, man. So, right. you know, just thank you, man, for inviting us out and I'm looking forward to catching the rest them for the remainder of the season yeah man i i uh i just want to tell negroes you know come on out man shit make us run out of chairs bro yeah really uh really my favorite part last night though um was the pregame where you had the brother from mxgm malcolm x grassroots movement right uh for those who don't know and uh he kind of put the movie in a frame 
and connected 1964, 65 to 2020. Yeah. Mm. And so yeah. I think that was profound. And then the children from the hood, man, coming through. You man, know, that's my favorite part, it, bro. They, it, look, they ate deep rolling up. Bro, they, I'm talking <laughs> about they rolling. They like, hey, they like, hey, we out here, didn't we? We out here, didn't we? And, they, and then, look. They had permission from their mama this look, week. Look, look. But when she called, when she called, they all rolled out. Like, yeah, yeah. They stood up at the same time. <laughs> she called from the porch. But her mama, her mama, the mama did the Malcolm X. She said. <laughs> <laughs> and they all had to go in there. Yeah, hey, look. hey, hey. That mama got too much power right there. <laughs> That's too much power for one black mama right there. Hey, look. Man, I. I love it. So, you know, we watched Malcolm X, uh, this week and Malcolm X is three hours and 23 Bruh. minutes long. Like, I Damn. didn't realize how long the movie was. When you're in the comfort of your home, it's like, you know, it's a long movie, but you ain't really tripping. But when you actually are throwing an event, and I'm looking at my clock. I'm like, I'm an hour in. This nigga ain't even went to jail yet. You told me that when I called. I said, E, did y'all get started on time? You said, no, we got started 30 minutes late, but the nigga hadn't even gone to jail yet. <laughs> I just, I can make it though. Well, but I tell you, I said, man, you might want to just start it from when he go to jail, bro. <laughs> for real, like, for real, for real. Like, you could, you could start that movie when he gets out after he becomes yeah, a Muslim. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? But, it, it, let me tell you why I do this. Like, and this is no, not, I said I was going to post this on social media. I'm still going to do it. This is, I'm a blog about this. Remind me. Um, this is no knock to my parents. So I didn't grow up in a conscious home. I didn't grow up in a home where we talked about ancestors. I'm talking about Dr. King really wasn't even on my radar for real, for real. If I'm, if I'm going to be real, I grew up in a very, white community homeschool till I was sixth grade sixth grade I went to Carver middle school but they ain't really talk about you know black history month of the little 28 days we got we ain't really dive deep into black history everybody pick a person draw a picture, Bruh, I don't even remember even doing that project wow I don't even remember doing that project like this is just being 1000% real I wasn't introduced to consciousness until I was 23 years old that's when I met the brothers of lettuce man man my first time. So, and I remember when I got introduced to them, and they'll tell you. Like, so there's a scene in Malcolm X. Y'all want to see my introduction to Lettuce Make Man. When he, when he had all the brothers, he did that, and they all walked. And that little dude that was just watching, and then he came in there, he was like, I ain't never seen that. I want to I wanna do that. That was me when I met Mowley, Derek. Like, I seen that. And they have to tell you, I just showed up. Yeah. And I ain't never yeah. stopped coming. I was like, who is this nigga? Like, like, <laughs> he answered the door at like four in the morning. <laughs> hey, look. Like, who is this nigga? And, 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 and I was just determined. I was like, you know what? I'm going to come to this every day. I'm going to come every day. I ain't asking for permission. So I'm right. just going to come up and serve. And they going to let me in. Yep. <laughs> like, it took a little while. Hey. But I, I got in. I got but my you know, jacket. <laughs> you know the thing that I love about the way you came in, Eldridge, is it's a sacred space. Right. And it's hard to get in. It, it doesn't matter about your socioeconomic class. It doesn't matter about your degree from whichever university, whether it be Morehouse, Alabama State, or um, Prairie View. The one thing about Letters Make Man that Eldridge has become synonymous with this is that you will not outserve me. And when that brother said that he was not going to leave that space, like Fred said, it's like, 
<laughs> little nigga, this man Fred spot. <laughs> like you know, <laughs> hey, the meeting is over, with, dog. But you know, right. you know the thing that separates you, man. And you hear me say this to any new brother coming into the organization. I always tell them, Eldred is the gold standard for his work, bro. Oh yeah. So y'all, y'all oh, seeing yeah. the Eldred pre? Uh, I mean, y'all seeing post presentation Eldred. Right. Yeah. Y'all didn't see pre presentation Eldred. This brother who drove. This brother who made sure he was at every meeting. This brother right here who carried the ice bags. The brother who every went across meeting. the street to get the food. Every single meeting, taking yeah. people home. Yeah. Every single meeting for three whole years. So y'all, don't be fooled, man. Like they say in the hood, bro. Nobody's gonna take that elevator. Everybody gotta take them stairs. You know what I'm saying? Oh, right, right, right. And hey, look, well, so, yeah, I had my boy online, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. When somebody look. asked me the other day about, he, you know, how long it take to get in us Make Man, cat named Otis. Yeah. Uh, shout out OT. And I said, shit, I thought about E, two years, yeah. you know, that's the standard. Yeah, and, and that, that two years humping. And E, can I, can I just say this one quick thing? When E came into his own, you know, this pre-YouTube, um, pre-podcast, pre-Just Elgin, <laughs> I remember the day the character was formed, y'all. Oh, yeah. Right here in Chocolate City, right on Stewart Avenue, <laughs> a.k.a. Metropolitan, at the Atlanta Metropolitan College, baby. And Elgin was sitting over there, man, and this cat right here, he was getting ready to present this year. And in the typical... Let us make man wait. The closer we get to the time to share with our people, the more that anxiety and stress start to build up. It's like this powder keg, like Brother yeah. Malcolm said. Oh, it's, yeah. like, it's like a powder keg, man. And man, all of a sudden, brother's like, bro, we need more chairs. We need more tables, man. Hey, we need y'all to go and grab some chairs. And brother said, bro, Elder, they need us to grab some chairs. Elder said, nigga. <laughs> I don't carry tables no more. As a nigga, I'm a presenter. Hey, that was a moment, dog. Hey, that was like two years of crying. It was boring. Yeah, dog. Behold the only thing greater than yourself. That's Eldridge on the logo, y'all. That's Eldridge, baby. I coined that about two years ago. I said, hey, man, he the baby. What we say about you, E? That's why we refer to him. Man, fondly as the doggone youngest yeah, in, in charge, charge yes, sir. The youngest in charge. And look, man. So this is what got me angry, and that's why I said I got blog about it. Cause I see when I was exposed to it at twenty three, I see how I immersed in this world and how I got so involved. So I can only imagine if somebody would have sat me down <laughs> in fifth grade wow. and showed me Malcolm X. If somebody would have showed me in sixth grade. D-Day, the children's march, when the kids marched out of school to fight racism and oppression. You know how many marches I would have led right. while I was in sixth grade, middle school, grade. high school? Yeah. Like, so it infuriates me, right? So the reason why we do Re- Revolutionary Movie Night, um, last fr- this past Friday in Monroe, Georgia, we playing uh, Malcolm X. And it's a long movie, and I tell everybody, I'm like, look, I'm committed. I'm here to play the whole thing. If y'all leave, y'all leave, but I'm here. Whoever want to stay, want to stay. So this young girl comes up. She, uh, early twenties and she like, I ain't, I don't know nothing about Malcolm X. I done heard of him, but I don't know nothing about it. She said, I ain't even know. I haven't even watched Selma until you showed it to me last week. Wow. So this is her first time even learning these folks. Wow, so what I'm bro. doing is showing her the rabbit hole, right? Because right. she going to crawl up in that thing. So, like, I remember everybody's gone. It's like 11, 30, 12. And Charlotte's like, uh, 
can I uh stay? Can you please finish the whole thing? And I was like, hey, I'm here. I'm rocking with you. And I literally sat there with her. And it was just me and her. And we just watched the whole movie. And she asking me questions throughout the thing. She like, she like, oh, so, um, so he went to Mecca and then like she she starts seeing it. She starts yeah. seeing like, oh then he went from Detroit Red to the Malcolm X to like she starts seeing the eras of all of that stuff. So it's like, man, it, and, and then the week before when we played Selma, the kid we got a uh seats full of kids from the neighborhood. The first scene of Selma, but probably you were there, what is it? The bomb. Yeah. And these yeah. kids like, yo. Why they brew that? Why they do that? And it's like that right there gives you the opportunity to have a conversation right. about the reality they living in. My mom and them never had that conversation. Yeah. So now as an adult, I have to go back and re, uh, recollect in my mind. Wow. Like, dang, I was facing racism in middle school. Right, right. Oh, damn, that bitch, that, that motherfucker was racist. Nobody you made know you what, learn what racism was. It, but you know what conversation I do want to have with our parents' generation, maybe y'all can speak to it too, is... For some reason, I feel like our generation is getting that that visible racism. Like, I feel like after the civil rights movement, the 80s, the 90s era, the Mike Tyson, Mike Jordan era, niggas getting money era. Yeah, I think, well, that's, that's what I it think was. racism was there, but it was like, did was the overt racism seen as well. Like When I saw this uh, second wave of black shows, this black exploits, I was like, hold on, we did this before. That's we right. had UPN before. Yeah, we had right. Moesha. Yeah. We had yeah. that's right. One on, we had the whole. Yeah. So how do we lose it? And how do we get back to this point? You Why know what I'm saying? So to your point, it's like, what? How do we keep it going? Like, how do we not stop this? And how do we actually get? You know what I'm saying? It's a real change. Oh man, I, I just gotta jump because I think that's what the title of this show is about, right? Yeah, yeah. So and, we're just going right. And yeah, we I mean, keep that, that that segue, bro. They were just like, oh, Magic Johnson when it was Showtime, right? <laughs> <laughs> da, da. Yeah, I saw that no look pass. I'm sitting here while you. It's like I knew the pass you were getting ready to throw because we've been running down the court together in these streets. You know what I'm saying? It's like this struggle is real. And when you talk about it, my brother now was literally he just talking about if it wasn't for uh, a different world, bro. How many niggas wouldn't have gone to college? Wow. You know, so when people started talking about, you know, like these water boys and stuff like that, I'm going to jump right on in there talking about education and schooling and how media has that impact that Eldred is talking about right now with, you know, the young lady. So when you think about right now, Keith, you presented a great question. Like, we had all that stuff before, Paul Ham. So how do we go from shows like A Different World we go from shows like the Cosby show where you got a doctor and a lawyer in the same room, but now niggas are tuning in to watch black women throw wine in each other's face or whatnot and go on a show where you're going to edit out this tape so the black man look like he's just jacking this sister up, but you don't show that she was just as physically. Give, give, you, give people context to that too. Cause like, oh, I yeah, want, yeah, yeah, cause we're going to come to that. Uh, I yeah. I mean, it was, we was just mentioning that, that, uh, clip that we saw of Vado and Tahiri from, uh, Marriage Boot Camp. The Love of Hip Hop edition where he uh, violently grabbed her, and that was the first clip that came out. Right. But the clip that preceded that is her with two apples, and you know apples ain't <laughs> apples ain't yeah, light. Yeah, ain't yeah. Soft. Yeah. They ain't yeah. no salt. Yeah. Apples ain't oranges. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she just, I mean, she like launched him right into his face and like, I mean, decked him twice. So him realizing that she knew what she was actually doing is what set him off to grabbing her up, you know, and then. Other stuff came out, you know, historically they 
fought before and she's actually known to be the type of woman to fight a guy. Joe you know, Budden you know. said that. Yeah, Joe like Joe Budden said that and yeah. he was like, you know, he he knows like So how do we get back? If I can jump back in there right now, just shift it right to Elders right quick, man. How do we get back? First and foremost, man, we gotta admit that we we are thankful to God that we didn't have all this access to this media exposure. Why? Yeah. Because you think about it like this right here, bro. You never saw a woman and a man sleeping in the same bed growing up. I'm talking about on TV. Now you're showing people that who wasn't, are, that wasn't married. Yeah, like, that wasn't married. Exactly right. right. Now you know it ain't nothing for a, a seven year old to see two men in the bed. Like my daughter, when she was seven years old, she said, "Daddy." Why are those two men in the bed with each other? And this is a conversation you're telling me right now that we should let our kids make the decision up about what their sex is going to be and what bathrooms they're going to use. kids' shows. That's what I'm talking about. So they're looking at grown people's shows. They can't even pro- process that because their frontal lobe is not able to handle all of that exposure right there. So now when you talk about how do we get back, let's go back to Fat Albert. Let's start right there. You know, old school cartoons <laughs> where kids were like, you know, hey, hey you know, hey. getting it in, looking like us. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, look. To go back to Fat Albert, you got to go back to the creator of Fat Albert. You know what I'm saying? You right. like, you got to go back. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Look, so like that. That's when it goes to that. You know, throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Like, right. like the brother Bill Cosby. That man built Black Pride, bro, yeah. for media. Yeah, yeah. Say what you want to say, and, and and I can say this as a person. I didn't start watching TV till sixth grade. Wow. Yeah, I remember. You so me I wouldn't. Even, y'all got to realize, like. I, when I was growing up watching TV, you go to hell. Wow. L- listen, internet, you go to hell for that. So I don't, I don't even know about none of that. But so I remember coming into sixth grade for the first time, having to introduce myself to pop culture and all. That's why I was so, we would just have off camera, we was having a conversation about Bow Wow. That's why I was so passionate. About that era, because this is the first time I ever could listen to music. But <laughs> now, look, now that Mark, now that conversation makes nah, so much sense. Right? <laughs> like, because like this is this is my first. This is like Bow Wow, like Bow Wow. This is like my first uh introduction to like hip hop. Like uh my first rap album ever purchased was Ludacris, Chicken and Beer, bro. Wow. Like okay. literally, that's my that's probably one rap album I can do the whole thing. It's pretty hard though. Like it is. <laughs> It is though. I remember that. So, so you don't have no Eric B. or Rakim. Back when they used to rap oh, hard man. without yeah. cussing. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's exactly what I'm right. Yeah, yeah. Bruh, I don't. I don't. I didn't have any of that. So like wow. when I was exposed to music, I, I when I was exposed to music, I remember my aunt told me because I was trying to get this girl in sixth grade. He was like, "Look, if you want to get this girl, learn this album front and back, and you'll never have a problem with women again." The album was Temptation's Greatest Hits. <laughs> and my that's uncle classic. put me down a rabbit hole of Motown. That's, and that's, that's, why, I'm, music, that's why I'm so stuck nah, there. Now that makes sense to me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> we learned a lot about you today. Yeah, it all come out. So, so, yeah. so I, I would put down a Motown. So I remember being on the phone, you know, when we used to cake. Under the cover, yeah. you know what I'm saying? After seven, cause you're minute free. Oh, my one is lighting up. Oh, shit. Nigga, you took it back on that one. So look, so I'm undercover, you know, and I'm quoting lyrics to songs cause she ain't never listened to this before. Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? She don't know she got a smile so bright. <laughs> you know, it look like a candle. Oh, look how she. You don't know I want to hold her so tight. <laughs> like a handle. <laughs> you don't know she swept me off my feet. 
She could have been a bruise. <laughs> hey, look. Damn. So I'm just saying, like, there was a level of, like, just going back to all of what we used to have, like that positive imagery and everything. Mm. And, and, and honestly and truly, like, you know, that's why I got a love for uh, my boy. Some of his stuff, be, a lot of his stuff be trash. But I do got a love for Tyler Perry. Oh yeah, because Tyler Perry, sure. Tyler Perry has consistently now he be doing a whole bunch of drama shit too. Yeah. But like yeah. he always gonna add the praying grandma on there. Yeah, you know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? Like, like he like that's he that, gonna take it back like to your roots. Yeah. yeah, like and, and guess what he been doing independently like and like he has always gave us that positive media because we have oh, yeah. completely in media like. You know they say media uh, art imitates life, life imitates sure. art. Sure. That's why Revolutionary Movie Night was started because we were in the height of this movement. We still are. People are marching every day, but I want young people to see the Selma scene where you got CT Vivian, Raph, uh, Abernathy, Hosea, Dr. King. They strategizing how to get the bill passed. They strategizing how to get our voting rights because I think my generation where we're losing because we in a moment right now. We in a moment and we used to be able to ignore that moment. But now the legends that we always talked about are dying. Mm. So your your Congressman John Lewis, Ralph Abernathy, C.T. Vivian, all this year. So you got you got to think about it in that era. Who's left? Andrew Young, uh, Jesse Jackson. Like who else? We don't lost Reverend Bowden. We don't lost Reverend E. Love. Yeah. We don't lost some giants. So now it's very clear that this era is coming to an end. And I remember a conversation we used to have all the time. Oh, pass the torch. Pass the torch. Let the young people do something. Yeah. Now, you ain't got to ask nobody to pass you the torch because the torch on the ground. Because truth be told, these grown folk ain't trying to get out there and uh, march all day. And they shouldn't have to because this is our fight. This is our opportunity. I told Derek the other day, I was like, Derek, the number one thing you should be doing is what he did for us in Monroe. Derek got in the car, drove all the way to Monroe, Georgia, and taught a training how the young uh, leaders in Monroe should be attacking the mayor, uh, presenting uh, their uh, their demands. Like he he's just teaching it. He's the uh, no, new uh, what's my man? What's my name? Uh, Lawson. Uh, is it Eric Lawson or John Lawson? Um, I think it's John Lawson. The, uh, he was a, a trainer of the civil rights movement. Oh. In the movie The Butler, if you watch The Butler, they down there in the basement and they shaking the kids, oh, preparing yeah. them to sit yeah, at the yeah, count. Yeah, yeah. That was John Lawson who was teaching him that. He was uh, he was like the trainer, the educator of the movement. That's where the Derrick Bozeman's and all them supposed to be because they, they did this frontline That's stuff. Right. That's right. And like I feel like my generation is not realizing there's a level of sacrifice that has to happen for us to get anything done. Like this ain't gonna be a. You can't just do this movement work when you off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do. I'm off on Saturdays. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can't do like movement work. Me and Parham talk about it all the time. This is a full time, part time job. Yeah. Oh, for yeah. free. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a full time, part time job for free. Like you literally have to show up if you want anything get done, Congressman. John, like, and, and the thing is, there is no glory. Uh, James Lawson. James Lawson. James I Lawson. knew it was a J. Thank you. Um, that's a real producer right there. I don't want you to look stupid. <laughs> so, uh, but like we talk for the, for, the, for um the, the show from now on, we're not going to say that. We're going to say my um chief research specialist. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Keith. Hey, now, now, the, you you play if you know Keith. 
He would do some research. Oh, no, that's what I'm saying. So, <laughs> hey, they cheap. do it all the time when I'm watching those shows like Roland Martin. And I heard Shannon Sharp even said the other night with him and Skip Bayless. You know, he like, hey, man, I had to get with my chief. Because, you know, they don't have time to research all this stuff. So, yeah. that's why, bro, you are killing this thing right here, we, man. We got to get it right. We got to yes, get, get it right. That's so, right. All right. So, now let's talk about it. We, we here now. We are, y'all see the movement, the moment that we're in. You know what I'm saying? And I think it's hard to see it while you're in it. Like, cause I would argue that the bus boycott, you didn't realize you were in a moment that will That's be right. known for years to come. You just decided not to ride the bus yeah. or your bitch ass decided to ride. I was the about bus. to say, it was yeah. a lot of niggas on that bus. Like, let's, let's just be real. Let's just be real about that. We don't have nobody that stands up and say, I hated King back then. <laughs> nobody gonna say that shit. That's now. what I like about social media. 50 years, 100 years from now, yeah. we're going to see who's in them Let Us Make Man pictures. Oh. We're going to see who's on the podcast. We're going to know who Bruh. said what. Because back in the day, it's easy for granted to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was out there. Mars. Y'all, y'all have never Damn seen right. one. Y'all have never heard one baby boomer say they were not a part of the movement. <laughs> y'all have never heard one. And I know y'all niggas lying. I know somebody oh, lying, yeah, bro. In fact, uh, when you talk about King's time and who was down and who wasn't, I mean, the numbers of that shit, less than 10% of the people. You're talking real low numbers of folks who are actively on the street, on the pavement. And, you know, for what it is, man, and like even in the movie last night, it was a couple opportunities having watched the shit 10, 15 times. I would have loved for them to give a little bit more about Malcolm's relationship with James Baldwin. Mm -hmm. Give us a little Mm -hmm. bit more Mm -hmm. about he and Muhammad Ali. And, you know, Red, his relationship with Red Fox, his relationship with Red Fox. Yeah. So give me a little bit yeah. so I can make the connections to, you know, or basically fill out the context of yeah. because Malcolm was in he was involved with sports. You know, he loved mm-hmm. boxing and shit. So I think humanizing him a little bit more, although Spike did an outstanding job. Yeah. But for the time, you know, the young people today, one for that one. Yeah, that was the one. I said that to Elder last night. No, Fred, I said he killed that. And Fred, let me jump in right there because it's like Ella Hoops just get thrown. We get here. It's like we just having a conversation, dog. I'm literally sitting here thinking when Elder, I think, um, Keith asked how we get back there and you start talking about how you got introduced to Malcolm X. We homeschooled my daughter. I don't know if y'all know this. We homeschooled my daughter her eighth grade year because I'm not all with that uniform stuff. I'm be honest with you. Mm -hmm. And my daughter was a seventh grader who won out of 14 awards they gave best math, science, English, P.E., anything they had, pretty much. She won all of them except for the health award. And after that, she said, I wonder why I didn't get the health award. Not in an arrogant way because she knew she outworked everybody there. Even the P.E. teacher, e., he said, bro, he's I never had a child that dressed out every single day of the year and paid for a locker. He said, I just want to thank you and your wife, man, for you know, like for sharing that, you know, making her feel. I said, brother, when that child leaves our house, we tell her the janitor, the PE teacher, the lunchroom people, every grown person in that building is just as important as the next grown person. So when she got sent home with a sticker on her shirt, E, for we had her on a nice blouse. She's never worn anything other than her Coles khakis. A very nice blouse. I don't mean showing the belly button and all this stuff like that. Right. Always looking like she's supposed to look decent and whatnot. She came home with a sticker on, on her shirt. He said, I was out of uniform today. Oh, wow. And I got that phone call while I was at work. I told them folks, hey, man, y'all need to get somebody to watch my classroom because my child is not cattle. And I went up to that school the next day, Fred. I stood in the lobby, bro, and I'm sitting there watching kids come by. And I said, what up, blood? 
What's going on, man? Cause I know y'all had this Victor Hill program. Did y'all remember that program on the police coming to the school? Red Dog. Um, but it was a nameless acronym for the little, um, I think Great. This program was called yeah, Great or something like that. that. And I said, Victor so I'm Hill. watching these cats walking down the hallway, flag and whatnot, but they got on their uniform. Right. I said, so I'm watching this cat right here come by. <laughs> he throwing sets up in the air, but he got on his uniform. And my daughter last year won 13 out of the 14 awards you had. She was probably the most um, disciplined, most respectful child in the building. And she got a sticker put on her about this. Wow, yeah. And then they even had a ice cream party for the kids who wore uniforms. So you saying to this young lady right here who went to the President Obama presidential inauguration conference and represent the whole county. Right. She can't go to the ice cream party because she had on a different color yellow shirt. So we got to be real careful because I'm going to slide this later on into them water bars, what we need to be talking about, E. Mm. So just because she didn't have the same color shirt on that the school system dictated, Fred, she got sitting home, so E, we homeschooled her, nigga. I had, I had to give you that because you talked about context. Yeah. See, a lot of folks will just say like this. You don't need to homeschool your children, but her eighth grade exam, and I tossed the ball back, E, her eighth grade exam, when I showed it to my 12th grade English teacher at Thera High School that I was teaching, she just said, so what college is your daughter at? Her eighth grade final exam for English, bro, she had to do a critical analysis of the life of Malcolm X in all four phases. I didn't say a book report like Brain. Keith. I didn't say draw a picture. Brain. Yeah, a critical analysis of the life of Malcolm X in all four phases name in the eighth fa- grade. Name the phases for the people. So we had you had Malcolm Little, mm-hmm. then you had Detroit Red, mm-hmm. then you had Malcolm X and Elhard Shabazz, Malik Shabazz. And when I said that, Fred, that means she couldn't just read the autobiography of Malcolm X, bro. She had to go out and find out about this brother in all phases. Because when you come in and you give that generic version of what they teach at school, hence lies my teacher told me, no, we're cracking down through that. So I think that's how we get it started. And then she tossed the torch over to her big brother, Eldridge, and now he's doing revolutionary movement night because all kids are not going to read. They're more visual in their learning style. And I think, E, that's where you are going to lead this next movement, bro. Bro, and that's the whole point, like, I want you to dive deeper in it. That's right. You know what I'm saying? I want you to dive. But again, it's not going to get everybody. It's going to get some people. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Some people going to get it. But I just know what it would have did to me. Oh, yeah. I, I know the student I was. If you would have gave me uh, a Malcolm X movie, if you would have gave me a Deacons of Defense. Oh, yeah. Right. Have you shown that already? That's coming up in two weeks. Ooh, yeah. One of my favorites. Yeah. Like, like if you would have, hell, if you would have gave me a talk to me. The story of Peter Green. You know what I'm saying? My favorite. My favorite movie. Mm. My favorite movie. That's that's hey, what that's That's motivation right look, there, baby. That's what we ending on. Like that right there is like Peter Green shaped my mind of what this podcast could be. Wow. And how far it could go. Like, so it's like all like that that uh phrase we always say, if they can see it, they can be it. Like, oh, bro, yeah. that is so real, bro, because what are they seeing? They seeing this gang shit. That's right. You know what I'm saying? They seeing this rap shit. They seeing this sports shit. Yeah. They seeing this uh bad bitch shit. You know what I'm saying? Like if they can see it, they can be it. All and, that and IG we, shit, bro. We, sh- yeah. bro, man. The IG shit is just alone. Like it's <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, the IG shit is off the chain, bro. bro like it's a Ooh. it's a whole nother world, oh, yeah. bro. Yeah, it's a whole nother world. Imagine what Dolomite did with the budget he had, bro. 
I'm just thinking, right. man. Like, I don't know. Have you seen the Dolomite yeah. movie? I did, man. The Dolomite. Yeah. Bro, yeah. I, I watched. That's on my uh, rotation of like just movies get me hyped. Yeah. So yeah. When you said Peter Green. I'm thinking most people look at this like them exploitation movies. Like, like Dolomite gave you the plan, and, man. And you know what? And, that, and let me just say that this is what made me mad. Like, you can't tell me we only find issue with movies. That's about us. That's right. You mean to tell me that ain't been no rapist and no other old alleged rapist or in no other movie? That's right. In no white based movie? Yeah. But somehow Nat Turner get muted. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The banker. Like the banker. The like, right. like, right. the, that like, was, that was supposed to be a hell, huge That It yeah. was an issue with the Harriet Tubman. It's, it's always mm-hmm. something with a, oh, well, this person was married to a white person. This, I get it. Yeah. But, like, when we start getting into that, like, uh, wanting everybody to be perfect. Yeah, so that disqualifies Frederick Douglass that he was loyal to his wife all the way up until her death, even though he stayed with her through her illness. And then he married a white woman who was loyal to him, not some nigga who got some money, went out and got a $50 million, $100 million um, um, NBA endorsement or something like that and got a white woman. We talking about brothers who did his job. So even last night when the white boys were saying in the Malcolm X movie, like, hey, he's a monk compared to that king. Yeah, and I'm sitting there thinking seeds, like, bro, how many of us are willing to pay the cost with our lives? Bruh, and that's what I'm talking. Like, I think we watch the, and that's the only bad thing about watching movies. You watch movies and then you start to think this shit just like. That's how, that's what it was. Make me leave. Yeah. Like, yeah. bro, these folk calling their house saying I'm going to kill you. Yeah. These folk throwing. Molotov cocktails. Cocktails in your house. Oh, yeah. Like. The dude said, bro, they told me to bomb your car. They told yeah. me to do it. I just can't do it. That's right. Like, so this is what, this ain't like fake. This is like, this man knew this shit. Yeah. Like, these cats knew they were going to die. Like, if you knew you were going to get fired right now for going to a protest, would you go to one? That's, That's what I want question. people to ask yourself. Because when you start talking about, let's give history, right? We start talking about Selma, the movie Selma. When they marched from Selma to Montgomery, people, when they came back, sharecroppers, sharecroppers that lived on the property, they got kicked off the property. Nobody so now they're leaving in Tent City. Yeah. You got Tent City where they're living on the highway in between Selma and Montgomery because they have nowhere to live. Because they wanted to march just for their voting rights. So would you march if your landlord would kick you out and you would be homeless? Would you still do it? That's the thing. What we got to ask our generation, like, because a lot, this podcast honestly was inspired by Congressman John Lewis last words. Wow. And Congressman John Lewis, like, and I've, I've went on record and I've, I've critiqued him for uh, some of his later work. Right. Uh, but you can never take away. From what he did I'm with you. Uh, when he first started. You yeah. can never take that away. But I don't think critique is disrespect. I think you can critique, critique anyone, right? Mm-hmm. I, I might not agree with you, but some I had, I had to check a brother because after Congressman John Lewis died, he just started, you know, keep going on on all the stuff he didn't like that he did in his later years. I'm like, bro, death ain't about uh, what you didn't like. Death is about the entire journey. When they talk about from this date, the dash to that date, that dash is everything you yeah. did. And when you look at the dash that Congressman John Lewis had, I don't know one person that has faced what he faced 
in the sense of getting his like you got to realize bloody sunday he got his score cracked in oh, and yeah. the brother came back Oh yeah. yeah, that's that's the whole thing. Shit, he, like, he came back. He came back. <laughs> shit, like the fact. Well, first he walked down there the first time. Let's just talk about that. He walked down there, and the police officers were like, "Turn around," and yeah. them, and, and they like, "We ain't turning around." No, we not about. We not bruh, doing nothing wrong, Bruh, Got good, it. Good trouble. Got his head wow. cracked. Came back. Then. Freedom rides to Mississippi. Didn't get on the bus. The freedom <laughs> ride. Like the, the brother, the brother was a beast, dog. He just loved death, obviously, because he put himself in death-facing situations time after time after time. So when he wrote the letter of his last words, bro, if that wasn't a passing the torch letter, like it wasn't nothing. I was like, damn man, I hope. I die predictably so I can write my last words. Yeah, that, that's what hey, I was look, look, say, cause yeah. that shit right there made him a legend. If he was already a legend, but this right here keep, yeah. I, I, I put, keep you for a yeah. And you know, it, to your point about how many people get a chance to write their last, uh, statement, but knowing they're gonna die is rare, particularly in the line of work he was in. Uh, but the point about just connecting the generations, really, like connecting the dots, and I don't think, we give ourselves enough credit because the assault against us is is never ending, you know, in, in a phrase. And I always separate black reality post John Lewis and the civil rights era into two time frames in the United States. One is pre-crack cocaine and then it's post-crack cocaine. Mm, wow. You know what I mean? And so I'm 84, 86 and it, born and raised in Dallas. It was 86. I'm going to high school, bro. Right. When crack cocaine came to my neighborhood. Now, crack, my auntie was on crack. You know, I'm six, seven, eight, nine, remembering that shit, right? Yeah, Riding in the car, going to her crib, going to the dope house, all that. But then I remember my homeboy, Bear, his whole household, bruh, decimated by crack. So the fight, bruh, and the intensity of the warfare has transitioned the dope we see and it's been with us. But now the social media attack. The attack against defenseless children when you got their phone in their hand when they're three, four, five years old, they defenseless, bro. Like you were, Eldridge, in the in the school. You right. were defenseless against the racism. Now you reflect bro. on the shit and say, oh, that shit was all around me all the fucking time, right? Yeah. The babies, they, they the same way, bro. So even the argument with Beyonce and the little chick was having on social media, it's like, what are y'all talking about? I don't know about the argument. What was the argument? So basically, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll oh okay, that. okay, okay. Oh, that's on that too. Me. Yeah, hey, hey, this thing. Oh no, no, no. First, thing. before we get into that, because I was on to read John Lewis speech, but oh, go ahead, I, man. But I can't, I can't do it as good as this brother's about to do it. So I'm about to play it for you. While my time here has now come to an end, I want you to know that in the last days and hours of my life, you inspired me. You filled me with hope about the next chapter of the great American story when you used your power to make a difference in our society. Millions of people motivated simply by human compassion laid down the burdens of division. Around the country and the world, you set aside race, class, age, language, and nationality to demand respect for human dignity. That is why I had to visit Black Lives Matter Plaza in Washington, though I was admitted to the hospital the following day. I just had to see and feel it for myself that after many years of silent witness, the truth is still marching on. 
Emmett Till was my George Floyd. He was my Rayshard Brooks, Sandra Bland, and Breonna Taylor. He was 14 when he was killed, and I was only 15 years old at the time. I will never, ever forget the moment when it became so clear that he could easily have been me. In those days, fear constrained us like an imaginary prison, and troubling thoughts of potential brutality committed for no understandable reason were the bars. Though I was surrounded by two loving parents, plenty of brothers, sisters, and cousins, their love could not protect me from the unholy oppression waiting just outside that family circle. Unchecked, unrestrained violence and government-sanctioned terror had the power to turn a simple stroll to the store for some Skittles or an innocent morning jog down a lonesome country road into a nightmare. If we are to survive as one unified nation, we must discover what so readily takes root in our hearts that could rob Mother Emanuel Church in South Carolina of her brightest and best, shoot unwitting concert goers in Las Vegas, and choke to death the hopes and dreams of a gifted violinist like Elijah McLean. Like so many young people today, I was searching for a way out, or some might say a way in. And then I heard the voice of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. on an old radio. He was talking about the philosophy and discipline of nonviolence. He said we are all complicit when we tolerate injustice. He said it is not enough to say it will get better by and by. He said each of us has a moral obligation to stand up, speak up, and speak out. When you see something that is not right, you must say something. You must do something. Democracy is not a state. It is an act. And each generation must do its part to help build what we call the beloved community. A nation and world society at peace with itself. Ordinary people with extraordinary vision can redeem the soul of America by getting in what I call good trouble, necessary trouble. Voting and participating in the democratic process are key. The vote is the most powerful nonviolent change agent you have in a democratic society. You must use it because it is not guaranteed. You can lose it. You must also study and learn the lessons of history because humanity has been involved in this soul-wrenching existential struggle for a very long time. People on every continent have stood in your shoes through decades and centuries before you. The truth does not change. And that is why the answers worked out long ago can help you find solutions to the challenges of our time. Continue to build union between movements stretching across the globe because we must put away our willingness to profit from the exploitation of others. Though I may not be here with you, I urge you to answer the highest calling of your heart and stand up for what you truly believe. In my life, I have done all I can to demonstrate that the way of peace, the way of love and nonviolence is the more excellent way. Now it is your turn to let freedom ring. When historians pick up their pens to write the story of the 21st century, 
Let them say that it was your generation who laid down the heavy burdens of hate at last, and that peace finally triumphed over violence, aggression, and war. So I say to you, walk with the wind, brothers and sisters, and let the spirit of peace and the power of everlasting love be your guide. And you know you a legend. You know you a legend when God reads your last words. Bruh. Yeah, I was just thinking that was better than Red on Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, red, uh, you know yeah, red, yeah, red went in there. Now. Red went yeah. in. You know, what yeah. <laughs> you know a, a few things that he said that really um, stood out for me. Uh, the first thing when he was like, uh, Emmett Till was my George Floyd, yeah. my brother <clears throat> Taylor. Um, that statement says so much. It speaks to the struggle still happening. Right. It speaks to the struggle still happening. It speaks to his perspective of the movement, how we got our perspective and right. how we seeing like these that. young faces flashed on the screen. And thanks to Emmett Till's mother, Emmett Till was flashed on the screens in their way during those times. Um, the other thing that really stood out to me, he said, you know, I was trying to find my way out, or should I say my way in? And I think a lot of young people are trying to find their way in this movement. Oh yeah, and uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, and fortunately, right? We don't really have like the key leadership as we used to see it in the Kings and you know the Malcolms. It, it's there, but it's it's not the same. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's not. It's, it's. I don't think it's the same. Yeah, it's not. It's 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 I, not. I like I like when he says a way in or a way out because I think our kids are choosing the way out. Mm, yeah, because it's not easy to come in because of what you said. Where do I go? Well, I There's think no- I think it's a way out because of the how you were taught as well. Because you got to realize, I was taught that I wasn't even taught about racism. So if I'm not taught about racism, I'm taught that it doesn't exist, right? So therefore, I don't even know what I'm fighting. So for me, I just want to continue a bliss life. When they say ignorance is bliss, like yeah. I just want to keep living that life. So how do I live that? I move into neighborhoods where you know is that Eldred kind of like that scene when Malcolm was up on stage with that brother and he said what did they call a brother with a BA a MA yep. a PhD yep. you know so that oh, brother- well, so so my parents weren't on that end because they weren't in preaching either way see mm-hmm. that brother was trying to preach that everything is good now you know what I'm saying we're we're post slavery that brother my parents didn't preach that or the other, it was just we just lived our life, yeah, and we never talked about it. Like go, it, go along to get along, yeah. And I, yeah, think, and I yeah. think people too, like today, and he probably even then, to your point earlier, walk about the way in because I see that too as integration. You mm. know what I mean? And to me, the generation right after, like Stokely Carmichael, Angela, that that group coming up under John Lewis, and them, they was clear, turn the whole system over, yeah. Revolution break the capitalist grip on our people, and so some people today fighting to be in. Walk, they ain't fighting for justice. They fight shit. Let me in, so then I can be a capitalist. That's right. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That's what I mean. And that's what I mean by a way out. See, yeah. that's what I mean. You're right. Yeah, like do you do you want change or do you want access you to go. the benefits of white people? You know, wow. and that, and that's the question you got to ask yourself. Do you really? Right. And, and he even talked about that too, because he said on that one line when he was like, "We uh, 
uh, continue to build union between movements stretching across the globe because we must put away our willingness to profit from the exploitation of others. Just like that. That's, we wearing Levi jeans knowing they paying ten, uh, two pennies. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Uh, to make them. That's us having these iPhones knowing that they stealing it from Africa. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the resource to build it. That's us building true union where you flip this thing completely upside down. You know what That's I mean? Right. So, uh, so e, with that key, how you just said that about, and Fred, I don't know who brought it up, but, um, when he mentioned that about getting out or getting in, it reminds me of one of my favorite books, The $40 Million Slave. And oh, what, and, and, and it's a classic, Fred, and I classic. love that Eldred, you, man, I love your brutal honesty. Because, like, there's so many niggas who will be sitting up on this couch acting like they just been about their life, their whole life. Okay. And right. I can tell you, you know, like, with me, I've been about that life my whole life. I mean, growing up in a liquor house, man, seeing cats get busted upside the head of that 45, and that was the daycare center. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it was just <laughs> like when, when, when being in the hood was in the hood. I mean, that's what my grandma house, you know, you had to stay there. And shouts out to my grandma because she provided for us. But I say all that to say when you start talking about your life and growing up, man, you give other young brothers permission who didn't grow up in that lifestyle right, right, to say that, right. damn, Eldred is cool or whatnot. He ain't out here bragging about, you know, he grew right, up doing right. this, that, in the third because most cats like myself I can show you battle scars from like being in third grade when a big old 15 year old boy told me I couldn't play ball buzz my eye right here with the elbow just to show me that little nigga you ain't supposed to be out here and I went and got bricks and came back and just start throwing them at everybody on the court and that earned me my respect in the neighborhood you know what I mean right. so imagine <laughs> if young you brick yeah. <laughs> hey, she, hey, he's a brick house he's a brick house right here dog. <laughs> baby girl <laughs> hey, he, so I'm just sitting there thinking about when you talked about seeing Malcolm X for the first time at 23. Imagine if somebody had told me that, brother, you just like brother Malcolm, man, when he was that age That's right there. I'm who is saying. brother Malcolm? You know what I'm saying? That's Malcolm, Malcolm I'm who? Saying. But right now, though, you can take the average three-year-old, if not two-year-old, they are already being exposed to the new J's that's coming out. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And I think, Fred, when you framed it earlier about showing context, so that's how you get the $40 million slave. That's the it. Negro who won't stand with Colin Kaepernick, right. who fighting for our rights right. but this nigga will sit there and lay up with a white house worker right right give her <laughs> millions of dollars and, right. and, and look, still won't even call himself a negro yet this nigga say he's color blazing am i drawing some parallels so so to that point about malcolm x and malcolm little do y'all think like this generation because of how they got cancel culture they be getting people out the paint could Malcolm Little become Malcolm X now? Because that's part of the issue to me too. Like we don't have hell. No, he couldn't. The conditions, uh, huh? Uh, yeah, well, like, you know like, what? Like, the, like, like, like for real, like if you had Malcolm Little, he was on Instagram posting pictures with these white mm-hmm. girls, head in the conk. You know what I'm saying? Bricks of cocaine. Like all types of shit. I like how keep painting that picture. Went, right went to jail. Malcolm, what would be his Instagram name? Uh, M, M Little. Bro, you know what I'm saying? Nah, that bad. Uh, D-Red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. D-Red. 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 Like he snaps on point, goddamn. All that, right? <laughs> Look, oh, go to jail. Following all the white hole pages. All the white hoes. All the fuck niggas. Go to jail. Come back. Bow tied up. Mm-hmm. Marching for the movement, clean now, been yeah. clean ever since he got out. But will those old g- pictures come back to haunt him? With them oh, old clips? But I'm gonna answer your question with the question. There you go. Name a leader now who has a D red 
to Malcolm's well, that's, story. Well, that's a different issue because to me, I think that's part of the issue with our movement now. There's no leadership, so it's easily co-opted. I see Black Lives Matter, whatever the fuck they want to say is Black Lives Matter nowadays. It's I see black, it's, it's, it's groups of white people now well, saying we're Black Lives I th- Matter. Well, I think the issue with saying there's no leadership. There's the reason, no leadership like how I, it was before. I like, say, well, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's necessarily, well, I have to, because I'm in the room with super leaders and super strategizers, right? Here in Atlanta, there is leadership. The difference is, uh, I think a lot of people learn, like, one of the things they say, they say, uh, uh, Malcolm, you know what I'm saying, on cameras. It was all, it was a whole bunch of cameras on us. So now in our leadership, we talk that. We talk, man, don't be, don't be too happy to get on them cameras. Don't be too happy to be on the front. So the issue is, a lot of the real leaders, right? The, one of the strongest, uh, activists in the city of Atlanta involved with most of the, uh, most, if not all cases here in Atlanta is attorney Miley Davis. Yeah. How many people really know him? How many people? He don't have a million followers, right? Mm-hmm. But, and you probably gonna bleep it out, but you got bitch ass niggas like, right? Uh, you got motherfuckers like him that's running around and swearing they the leader, right? So it's like you got people that are out here saying they about this leadership shit, and th- and that's why I said we got to figure out what we gonna do because when we watched the movie, the Black uh, Revolutionary Movie Night, we watched the Black Panther story, and it was the two Black Panther groups, mm-hmm. and they went to the party yeah. and they were yeah. like, "Hold on, nigga, look, you ain't no, we go look, change your name." And they choked them out. They're like, change your name, or we just, this high is about to go down. And, that's when they like got that me, sister. That it, sister joined the right. real black family. Yeah. That. Right. And then the other brother joined the real black yeah. family. And that's what I'm saying about Black Lives Matter or the movement of it. It needs to be something like that going on to start checking these other organizations to so get Keith, everybody on the same code because that's not what's going to on. To your point, all. Keith, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because I said, I don't know where I want to inject that. I was just asked to do something, won't say it like exactly what it is right now. But a brother who I have mad respect for said, bro, I know you don't fuck with that Black Lives Matter shit. I said, bro, no, Black Lives Matter is a philosophy in my brain. Thank he said, you. no, dude. Yeah. He said, no. I'm talking about the organization. I said, nigga, I didn't know it was an organization. He said, hold on. So when you saying Black Lives Matter, I said, bro, you've been knowing me too long and think I'm on some fuck shit. So, and then, but it made me do something though that we talked about at the beginning of the show i started doing some research exactly and man i started looking at some things and i said hold on now this is not what i'm representing so, right so, here i don't have no i don't have no smoke with it but that ain't what i'm out here so you gotta realize black lives matter you gotta look at black lives matter in two ways you gotta look at black lives matter the blanket and black lives matter the organization and let me break that what that means so civil rights movement was a blanket and under that blanket you had selc snick uh, NAACP, all of these organizations fighting for civil rights. Yeah. Now we have the blanket of Black Lives Matter. Under that, you have uh, MXGM, you have Let Us Make Man, you had a Black Man Lab. We are all organizations that are fighting under the era and blanket of Black Lives Matter. Then you had a group that seen that this thing was taking off and they capitalized on Black Lives Matter and made their organization name Black Lives that's Matter. Where the that, that and that's what I'm saying. That's that branding. So back in the day, Martin Luther King went and said, "Okay, we're gonna call this the Civil Rights Movement Group." That's exactly you know right. I mean? right. It wasn't right. that. So it was yeah. SCLC. Yeah. So like, so Black Lives Matter. Ninety percent of the people that say Black Lives Matter are talking about the mantra, the theory, the philosophy that Black Lives Matter, and they probably represent another organization. Black Lives Matter is just our era. 
Yeah. That's the name of our era right That's now. Like we had the Jim Crow era, the civil right. Like this is our era right now. And somebody just named the organization after that. And they got some things that they're doing is good, but then they got some things we don't know. Like, it's so much money that's going to Black that's Lives where, Matter. That's, that's what I'm, like, yeah. And what that's the, why I asked the question. So who is it. Black Lives like, 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 how do we get in touch with it's the brother women, who represents Black sisters. Lives Matter? No, 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 no. I'm saying, like, if you're a brother in the street, you ain't, when you're thinking Black Lives Matter, you're going to automatically, and this is no disrespect to the sister, but naturally you're going to think, like, so who, who the brothers who started it? So right off the top, you're going to say, hold on, so it's two sisters who started it. So, like, like where are these sisters from? And then the question now, is, background? does all the money go to just that Black Lives Matter Organization? Yeah, and then, you remember what happened in Atlanta with Black Lives so, Matter? Uh, in Atlanta, they had started a chapter. They started a chapter, and uh, then we then we had a uh, uh, bitch ass Sir Major. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, like so we had that motherfucker's last name. I, I don't know. Uh, no, I saw, I, I saw somebody on Bozeman page the other day. You know, named Sir Major. Oh uh, yeah, you talking about you talking about James Woodall? Okay. his name is James Major Woodall, and because he's not, he's the new state uh, president of NAACP. He not really versed to the streets of the the story of Sir Major. So I don't oh. even think he would be using Major yeah, as much if he just yeah. knew what. But, you know, you just got to make the name Major better. Because right now, Sir Major don't got a good. Yeah, it, it, it ain't got a good name in this city. Like, nigga, entertaining a cop. Nigga, oh, yeah. uh, like, oh, yeah. he he's like, he's the first time I ever seen a real agent. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah, like, he definitely a cop. What he did yeah. down at the courthouse, walking in through the goddamn security gate with a weapon and they just let his ass pass through. Yeah. yeah. He infiltrated. Wow. Yeah. He disinformation. And then, and then attention. that's why you gotta, like, that's why you have to keep your ear to the street. So Killer Mike, Killer Mike brought him on stage at a concert. This is the leader of Black Lives Matter. Killer Mike had him on his TV show, Trigger Warnings, yep. at, uh, on the last episode. It's because you not really connected. Yeah. You're not really connected to the real movement of what's really happening. I'm going to just be real. If you don't know Derek Bozeman, you're not connected to the streets in Atlanta when it comes to uh, activism. Period. That's why when I say, if I ain't heard about you, because I'm a foot soldier for yeah. these great leaders. So every time they call me, I show up. Every time it's time to do work, I'm going to be there. So if I ain't, if my crew ain't never heard of you, right. because the real activism circle is so small in so Atlanta. Tight. It's so small because, like, like y'all said, back then it was ten percent. Hell, I would argue now it's less than that. Two percent. It's like three when it becomes to doing real work. So we all know everybody. Everybody know everybody. So when you show up and then you start saying you're doing all this stuff, and I'm just gonna shoot your name to two or three people. That's right. I'm just gonna shoot your name to two or three people. You ever heard of this person? Boop 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 boop. And they gonna put, oh yeah, they with him. Da da. I'm like, oh yeah, he ain't real. And just that just is what it is because like, all right, prime example. Our people are so thirsty for how things used to be. Our people want that one leader, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They want to be able to follow it, but I think that's the issue. That was the issue. Yeah. The issue is when you cut off the head, yeah. what happens? Yeah. That's what I was going to add, bro, is that the time dictates the terms. Right. So in these times, honestly, the real model is the model that the Egyptians had when they had this piece called the Arab Spring. But it was really a a, uh, an elevation of a consciousness like Black Lives Matter Mm -hmm. that created just the movement of young people. And what media does is they try to find who the leader is. And if they can't find one, they'll try to just make, make one. one. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so today, the people are resisting that shit. You know what I mean? It's internal to the United States, but globally, when you look at emerging leaders and the revolution going on in Hong Kong, it's in its infancy, but it's going on. And But you don't see somebody who's a spokesman for it, right? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. only see the movement of the people and different elements of it elevating mm-hmm. at different times as required. And guess what? The media, they don't want to put you on there if you are equipped to combat what they're trying to do, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. so they, so, that, so, um, and it just literally just, I just drew a blank. But what they would do is they will put people up that, that's how you have people like that ain't never, what was, it was some issue we talked about on this podcast. Somebody was talking, uh, on a show and they was represent, oh, yeah, Lecrae. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, so, so, so Lecrae gets invited by a mega church. Yeah. To go talk about race, uh, to talk about Lecrae probably ain't Lecrae probably ain't read three of these books on his table. Wow, I would argue that because I know the world he come from. I know the white mega church world you come from. They don't teach this shit. So how the fuck are you gonna come up and talk about race and represent all black people on this stage Set if you not talk? Set up. So they t- <laughs> you thinking you getting elevated with an opportunity? You just proving their point. Yeah, so they're not gonna call a Walker, right? No they're not gonna call a Parham. They want a certain type of person that's not gonna be able to debunk, and that's why Malcolm was so powerful, and that's why they had to also let him go because Malcolm would get on TV, and they would let him on all these major shows, and he would go in raw and uncut, Bruh, raw and uncut. <laughs> like I ain't gonna lie, it was so funny because these these niggas right here so old school, right? <laughs> We watching a movie. <laughs> look, look, we watching a movie last night, and they got there in the crowd like they in a real rally. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> look, look, when Malcolm doing his speeches, they act like they in the audience for real. Preach, brother Malcolm. Preach, brother Malcolm. <laughs> I'm in like, come on, Malcolm. Yeah. Come on. So, so you know, they learn. They learn back then. Don't put no well educated, well spoke motherfucker. That's up right. There. But, but what about? Okay, so I'm gonna bring it back then. The question about the leadership and about Black Lives Matter, the movement now. Civil rights, we knew what was up. Yeah, you we knew wanted, who the leader we wanted, was. We wanted voting rights. We wanted uh, yeah. e- we wanted equal playing field. Uh, we, we thought we wanted integration. That was mm-hmm. a thought. Yeah. It ended up being what Malcolm said, I mean what Martin said before he died. Hey, hey I, shit, I put we my people wanted in the burning house. Yeah. We wanted all that, right? Now, what's our push What's our legislation? What's our same what, shit? Because, it, it, because if because if it is that, who's who's having those conversations? Like who? So that's why that's why I said, like, if you are actually involved doing the work, that's not a question you have. Like, if you're really working, I'm not talking about showing up for the rally when you see a flyer across your Instagram. I'm talking about I am in the office volunteering with uh. Um, uh, uh, yeah, you, uh, UIAC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm volunteering for UIAC and I'm seeing the work that they're doing with the young people, right? I'm actually with, uh, MXGM and I'm a part of their, uh, program, the study that they put out every 48 hours, right? Like, so if you're actually working, that's not a question you ask, I don't. But this is what I mean. You mean with the superficial versions of it that we see all over the news and now yeah. we're saying that's not how I feel about Black Lives Matter. That and part, and then the part John Lewis said in, in, in his speech, 
He wants this to be the generation that we finally learn to put down the hate yeah. and get to the love. Okay, well, what does that look like? Because to me, that's totally different even outside of protesting yeah, and it, marching. Like, that yeah. sounds... It looked like reparations, bro. Okay. Come yeah. on. Let's, let's go there. Go there. Let's talk about and it. And it looked like reparations because that's the only place to go. You know what I mean? And niggas be on TV saying it and all couching it in all kind of language and shit. But really, you at the crossroads where this, this bitch going to either fall apart like we see going on in Portland and California and Texas, niggas talking about pulling out of the union. Or you going to give black folk reparations they just do and let this bitch level off. You know what I'm saying? Because right now, it ain't nowhere else to go. I think you just said it. I think you just answered it. And can, so, can yeah, I ask this right here? Because I, I, like, I, like, I like how, man, you do an excellent job framing questions. And you know my thing when I was on last time. I tell you that That's I'm always saying I don't care about your answers. I'm only concerned about your questions. And you're doing a massive job framing it. So I think if I had to tear it all the way down and break it down, I am, you know how we do when we actually trying to do it in a way that we're not being didactical. We just want to be experimental. SAT work. And we want to make sure that when we, when our students are doing stuff, like, you know, we, we ask these questions, like blanket kind of questions, since one of you guys just used that symbolism a second ago. I think you just said it, Eldred. So imagine this right here, like, who is our leader? But first, who the fuck can define leader? Hmm. And how can we let somebody from outside of us tell us that we don't have leadership? Yeah. And that's where that's, Eldred that's, is going. It's point. like he and I, we're sitting in the room, brother Fred. I, I, mean, told I got him, leaders. Like, that's what I'm like, bro. I, I know who my leadership yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm asking. Yeah, so it's like, but, but here's the crazy thing. And I think this is what you keep pushing back on. Keith, that's why your questioning is good. We got the sage in here, right? Yeah. So it's, it's oftentimes that people will say, like, Fred, and I told him last night, like, bro, I said, you got so many Malcolm characteristics. But without the movie, we're not having this conversation. And one of my boys told me one time, he said, Walt, he said, man, if I had to describe the way you're speaking and training is, he says, like, you're a martial artist. He's like, bro, I ain't never seen a nigga come out on stage on 100. You know what I'm saying? You just come out just like right <laughs> yeah. there. No, we ain't we been doing no introduction. Yeah. Well, 100. Yes, sir. <laughs> so we coming in like this, Keith. So when I think about leadership. And that's why on September 12th, he will be presenting Awaken the Genius, <laughs> yes, the sir. online global Let Us Make Turn Man up. conference. Sir. Yes, Turn sir. Up. Yes, sir. It's going to be real international. I want to make sure y'all heard that this is not a national conference, man. It's going to be an international conference. I mean, we're talking about Pan-Africanism all across the diaspora. Aspera, let us make man come into a streaming system near you. Get that bootleg, uh, get your bootleg Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi man. Yeah, go. Hey, man, on this week right here, get the 14-day trial, man, so you make sure you have real in a day. Don't waste your Comcast one-day trial. That's right, that's right. <laughs> 24 hours. But I want to jump into leadership because I think this brother right here, you know, we start talking about the marathon, continues or whatnot. So mm. what if he's our leader? Hmm. I mean, you know, it's like this. this, this we're talking about the final call, and, that's, and, that's, and that, that's, that's my point right there. So we're talking about the final call. Nipsey Hustle for you people. Nipsey Hustle, man. If you don't know what we're talking about right here, Nipsey Hustle might have been the leader who was the spook who sat by the door. Just like Tupac, you know what I'm saying, friends? So right. like when I talk to people about the Machiavelli CD. If you go back and look right, at the on. CD cover of Machiavelli, on, yeah. and you go through, so one of my students in class was just like, Ms. Walker, I heard Tupac faked his death. And once again, Keith, what did I do? I asked him the question of all questions. I said, where did you hear that from? 
He said, that's what they say. And I said, what, Elder? Who are they? <laughs> There's a group of niggas everywhere called they who just give misinformation. That's what we're just talking about. So we talking about, man, we And this is what I hit them with. I said, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. And y'all know I like to give that $400, you know, like reward. Uh-huh. I said, nigga, I want you to read the book, The Prince, written by mm-hmm. Michelo uh, Machiavelli, mm-hmm. Niccolo Machiavelli. And when you read that book, if you can find in there where Machiavelli faked his death, I will give you $400. The brother came back after he had read the prince. This is what leaders do, nigga. I don't have to be on TV telling you right. this is the kind of shit we dropping to 13, 14, 15 year old. Right. You know what I'm saying? So this brother came back. He said, Mr. Walker, he didn't fake his death, they said, but, um, they said he was exiled. I said, so now. Here's what project-based learning is right here. Nigga, you were adamant about the fact that you called him, Tupac called himself Machiavelli because Machiavelli faked his death. But once you start doing your own research, Research. see what we have taken away from our young leaders, like this brother right here, you notice right on that movie last night, Malcolm X, when that brother was sitting there and Malcolm told, asked him why he wanted to be a Muslim, and the brother got ready to walk away and Malcolm said, you give up too easy. So what we have done was, in the miseducation of the Negro, you know I'm going to get here, King. Yeah, gotcha. In the miseducation of the Negro, how we missed the mark. We missed the mark by allowing other people to educate our babies. Come on. So who the fuck would send their chicken to the goddamn lion's den? Right. Other Come than on. black people. Come on. To let the damn lion who ate up your grandmother, he ate up your mother, you're going to let this nigga educate and, your baby? And while I got, let me just tell y'all, the lion den, Are you with the, the lion's den, for those that's wondering what the lion's den is, the lion's den is you saying, oh, I want you to go to this good school. That's right. So your kid there is in this all white school. That's, that's right. That's the lion's den. Lion's the lion's den. den is when you talking about, I want to get on the good side of town. That's right. That's the lion's den because I'm that kid. So again, when, so I tell people, most people talk about white people in theory. Most people grew up in black neighborhoods and they heard of white people. They seen white people. I talk about white people from experience. Mm-hmm. So when I say I went to Athens Christian Academy and then y'all remember the group B5? Yeah. We had B3 because we were the only three black boys in the school. Wow. <laughs> so I remember going to a school and not being pressed on anything except sports. No critical thinking. No critical thinking. And Walk said all the time, you cannot high jump if the bar is wet. Set too low. Too so low. what happened is my academic bar was left on the floor. For sure. When I came in that school, I don't give a fuck how smart you is. How fast are you? That's how right. can you shoot right. that ball? That's what your bar How is can like. you jump that That's hurdle? Bar, exactly right we now. would literally skip school all day. And me and Drico, we were so fucking blind to it. Because that's what happened. Y'all think that white people acceptance is success. So we were so blind to it. We would leave school all day. Long as we came back for football practice, there was no consequence. Can you say that part again about we think white folks acceptance as well? It's success. Damn. Damn. So so, so he and I dealing with something. I want you to just stay there. We're dealing with something right now, and one of the things he and I just say sometimes when we get a chance to debrief and reflect, it's kind of like, nigga, just being at the table ain't what I want. I want to tear the motherfucking table down if you let me in the room. I don't want access to the table. So I I like the way you frame that. Just having access is not success. I want to push back on your question. So for everybody that's saying who's – so I teach at Let Us Make Man motivating youth to join the movement. And one of the uh, process of te- I show a video, 
And it talks about what's more important, the leader or the first follower. So for you to say who is our leader, my question is, where are our followers? Mm. That's the question. Mm. Where are our followers? Who are the people that you seen the Malcolm X? We watch the movie like, but that was a soldier right there. Right, right. When they showed up, who gonna show up? Like, so I would argue I'm a leader, right? You right. Who gonna show up every uh, weekend, every Friday, even though it's parties to go to, every Saturday, even it's events to go to? Who gonna show up, set up my fucking tables, do the popcorn, raise money, set up the screen, set the? Who gonna be down to do that work? That's just one initiative. We can name a hundred between these three people right here. Yeah, we can name a hundred. Yeah. This so my uh, question, my question, not where the follow, where the leaders, where are the followers. And you know what? I like that. You know, you know why I like that because remember when I first met you, man. I, I was you? just about to say that, but go, you go. You I'm, better I'm you say. You, you better you. You say know it. when I first met you, bro. Right. Like what I told you, like there's no need to reinvent the wheel. I wow. see you already moving. I want to rock with you. I'm trying to get down because I believe in it. This is the Keith was I the first to... disciple. You know what? <laughs> now, now, key. If most brothers humble themselves, but see what happens, you that you got to serve like the let us make man emblem. You got to serve something greater than yourself to yeah. get to get to the point where you can even say that. Now, what Steve Harvey said about generational impact of social media is attention is the new addiction bruh mm-hmm. likes is the new addiction That's bruh. A drug. well that that drug that addiction focuses on the individual so supreme better than the white folks with their political individualism right. and rights of the individual because this nigga ride or die whether how many likes he get yeah nigga uh. when do you when do you fuck with a nigga uh, where they be talking right. about nigga we got a social media beef or some shit you don't post it on Instagram. A nigga nah, nah, unfriended nah, nah, me. Nah, nah. A nigga <laughs> unfriended me. <laughs> hey, 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 I don't give bruh, a fuck. Bruh, like, yeah, and, and what's so funny, what's, this is my new favorite, right? You know, people are like, yo, yo, let's just share information. They get your Instagram. The first thing they do, they want to look at that number. If your followers got a K or a blue dot, nigga, anything you say, Gospel. Gots to be real. Yes, Get sir. the fuck out of here. Anything you got, bro, if you oh, got man, a K. Me, bro, if you, if, if wow. you got the if you got the K, a K of ten thousand or more, right? And you got the little blue verification that that's the indicator that you know what you're talking so about. So that's why cats buying followers and stuff. Yes. Because <laughs> that's the new current like it's that important to people. So it's it's so it's one of them things where and me and Malley had this conversation all the time because I was like what we got to do as real leadership. Derek said it. He said when the village elders won't stand up, the village idiots will. Damn, so right about that. And yeah. that's what's happening in the world of activism. For sure, our elders are doing work head down, but we not taking the extra time to adjust to current times. So to adjust to the current times is us. Making sure our social media and branding is on point because that's how this generation sees it. This generation, they not going to read your book, bruh. Yeah. They going to read your tweets, though. Yeah. They not going to read your uh, article who, that yeah. you published at Harvard. Like, yeah. Who, yeah. who was that that put out a whole, uh, was it, was that, was that Kanye West tweets that they put out and they called it like the Bible? Yeah, like, you they, know what I'm saying? They, they put, that's, For that's the tweets. new way. Unfortunately. But what's, guess what? You got to hook them that, like, it's like fish, right? When you fishing. Walk. <laughs> can I bang the hook? 
Let's just let us make sure yes, right here. Like, y'all, get, y'all get a little preview today. Y'all get a lot of preview. So like, so what happens is if you, I don't care what you cook, you could people use different bait. People, some people that. cook with, some people bake you with hot dogs. Yes, some people use the worm. Yes, some people using all that stuff. But guess what? Catch them how you got to catch them. That's right. But they can only be cooked in that grease. That's it. That grease is the truth. You know what I'm saying? Like, so like, what we gotta do, we gotta begin, we gotta begin to take this activism to another level. What you say, Chip? So, so, so right. dealing with a program that Break we was in, we were talking about attraction. And I'm saying this man shouts out to Marquell. Attraction, conversion, and enrollment. So mm-hmm. it's like, how are we attracting folks? So we could have like this jewel of information or whatnot that we are in control of, even something as simple as leadership. Mm-hmm. But how are we attracting the people there to know who the real leaders are? Because they're up against that 5K. You know, so do you have mm-hmm. 5K or 10K of people that are following you because you got that K in the blue dot that I just learned about just now? Or are you somebody who's attracting the kind of people that when you hit your 10K, that basically means that I have just don't, you know, I've just taught a thousand people how to become a millionaire. You know what I'm saying? So, like, what exactly are we following? So, and then can you enroll them in the movement? Because now, just listening, keep kind of going back to something you said about Black Lives Matter. I just got to stay here for a second. I mean, this is my ignorance. When a brother asked me, how am I rocking with something? And then I start reading a lot of the stuff that they stand for. And I'm not, hey, no hate on Black Lives Damn. Matter, the organization, because they are doing something. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is now nah, that's some things I got to be cautious about. I think my hashtag is going to be hashtag I love black people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Hashtag I love. You notice I've been doing black on black love. Because yeah. I don't want nobody to mix up what my philosophy is. I'm a pan-African. I like that. I'm yeah. going to start taking that. And, yes, and, 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 and I'm going to be real. People people do that. Love. People are going to people are gonna take it and run with it yeah. for their agenda. So if I don't want to support you anyway. Yeah, yeah I and, know, I, and that's because, right. Because the thing is, even if you use hashtag Black Lives Matter, if anybody that watch you see your work, they know, how you they know what you move. Know so a lot of people just... People want excuses. And now that you say that, it, Keith, it's something to think about, bro, Fred, bro, Eldred. Now that I think about it, for the brother to even ask me that. This is what I'm saying. That's it. Now that yeah. you just said it, like, <laughs> nigga. That nigga tried you. Don't know. That nigga tried yeah. you, bro. Man, that nigga a friend of me, man. That nigga a friend of me, man. Hey, but I think, I, think, I think moving closer to what you're talking about, man, there's an older book, man, called okay. The Hip Hop General. I got to pass got it over, man, to my cat. The editor-in-chief right here, the big dog, the boss, man. And then Eldred, I think. Too. Yeah, and then this one right here, man, when I taught at, I'm taught World House at Morehouse one summer, man, uh, I had a chance to get to know Dr. King on a more intimate level. We had a chance to see, like, his private letters and stuff like that. You, I mean, man, literally, bro, folks had gloves on, man. They didn't want you even touching the glass casing. And they were talking about, like, intimate letters that Dr. King had that nobody's ever seen before. Mm. You know what I mean? And I think about that, Elder. The book is entitled Why We Can't Wait. So when you framed it earlier about being in that moment, I think you did it, man. You threw, like, I don't even know how to describe the Ella who he threw in. But we're in a moment right now, man, why we can't wait. We can't wait on no more um, 70, 80-year-old people to dictate what our next move is going to be just because somebody is worse than the other candidate. I'm putting this, I'm looking dead in the camera wherever it is right now. Bruh, you not going to make me feel bad because I'm saying that I do not believe in voting for the better of two evils. Until we say we cannot wait to start developing the next group of young leaders. So when I go and vote, 
I'm voting for somebody that I believe in, not because this person right here is the better of two evils. So if you got a rapist who has raped 20 women versus a rapist who has raped 15 women, both of them are rapists. So you're going to make me feel shame because I'm not voting for the raper who is the less of the rapists? And, and, and let me let me just say this. Yeah. No, I, I just want to say this one last thing because people like to say stuff like, well, uh, uh, a non-vote for Trump, I mean, a non-vote for Biden is a vote for Trump. Man, I'm a political science major. You can't tell me that weak shit like that without me saying, look, are we getting ready to start talking, man? I want to make sure I understand how we're going to count this thing right here, Fred. Are we going to be talking from a quantitative or a qualitative perspective? Because if you want some emotional President Obama, uh, yes, we can. Yes, we can do what, my nigga? So, so right now, you're not getting me with that, nigga. I fell for the okie doke one time. And then I started saying, I let me just times. question that thing right here, man. So now that we're talking about <laughs> Joe Biden, who is um, President Obama 2.0, Nigga, what the fuck does that mean? My thing is, yeah. I'm like Puffy, man. Question everybody. Yeah. If you can't tell me what the black agenda is, nigga, then that means you shouldn't even be out here in the black neighborhood because you need to do research like we got to do research. Do research yeah. So I Before think you when you just framed that thing, here. that's exactly right. So why we can't <laughs> wait to November the 3rd? That's the question I've been asking people. Mm. They're like, bro, hey, man, point. hey, oh, man, I'm just telling you, man. Yeah. Oh, the local, it has one, one more local, but everybody, but see, here's, here's the crazy thing about that. That's why this platform right here, Just Eldred Podcast, that's why this bitch is dope. Because when you come here, Drop. put a politician Drop. right here on this seat. Yeah. Put Parham yeah. on that side, yeah. Eldred yeah. right here, me that's right that's here, that. and some of the leaders who you don't know. And you put them right here and you start saying, so like, I want to know, why are you excited about November the 3rd? What's going to happen to black folks in your district that's right. going to make them any yeah. better off after November yeah. 3rd? So my question is, what the fuck going to happen November the 4th? So now, when you start talking about these water boys in this city right here, let's, let's, let's get real against the, this thing right here. Let's talk about the water boys in this city. So on November the 3rd, after their parents vote, will they still not have the right to sell water on the corner because of some reason that... Most of us don't want to talk about even the bourgeoisie telling the tent Negroes yeah. in Atlanta. Yeah, and that's yeah. Come and on. On that Let's tip, be real, right, and on, Fred? And on that tip, just coming in the room, Muzz on the shit, talking about how they honored to be in the motherfucking room and on the committee because yes, it's hosted by the, the government. Yes, my position is this is our community. We ain't waiting on the city to solve this problem for us. Why right? we can't I wait. said that shit on the first day. He did? We already solved the motherfucking problem. It needs to be funded. Period. That's what the city can do. Government don't govern without the consent of the governed. That's right. So you have to level the conversation because the motherfucking government will come at you and tell you what you're going to do and all that old shit like the police. Nigga, that ain't you think black men in Atlanta going to let the police beat up on black boys just because y'all tell them that they can't sell water? Get yeah. the fuck out of here. Period. No. Period. So so I don't know what's going to happen, but I've just said and made my case. That's right. Because, again, the crossroads are clear. Reparations yeah, or whatever else come after that so, shit. And then, and then I, I, I want to put some perspective. So we don't know what's going to happen, right? That's right. So no, when, it, when, when it comes out, this is because I love words. <laughs> I love it. Cause, and I love when people be using phrases that ain't really about that life because it let me hold you to it. Yeah. So one thing, what's the two words that we have heard consistently since the 17th? Good trouble. Good trouble. Atlanta, we got an opportunity for some good, good trouble. trouble. That's right. We got young men that are literally fighting for the lives and survival of their families by doing honest work. We're not talking about selling crap. 
<laughs> We're not talking about selling weed. We're talking about selling the number one resource on the fucking planet. Water. And y'all, y'all mad at that. Y'all want to stop that. But y'all don't want to get on a motherfucking job. Don't want y'all don't want to volunteer at their school. Y'all don't want to go get pay their mama rent. Y'all don't want to pay the light bill. Y'all don't want to mentor them every day. Y'all don't want to do the fucking work. So now it's an opportunity for good trouble. Yeah. So because good, what good trouble mean, just because it's legal don't mean it's right. That's right. So just because it's illegal don't mean it's wrong. Mm. So now y'all about to make selling water illegal. This is an opportunity for good trouble. I challenge you. I urge you to get involved with these young men. And no, and guess what? All that shit where now, I promise you, I seen a cat get hit the other day and they blamed it on the water boys. Yeah. I'm talking about Man, anything that happened in the city of Atlanta, the water boy did it. A nigga robbed the bank. And they're like, and he dropped the bottle of water on the way out. Did you see my Facebook? My, my Facebook, my Facebook post. Yeah. Hey. Look. Yeah, 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 yeah. They tying, they tying water to every crime ever. Like every crime that's happening in this city. Yeah, like, I told a nigga on my Facebook post the other day. I said, you know, breaking news: the water boys are responsible for COVID nineteen. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, and, uh, and I love, I love what Elder just said, man. Since I was like, I think twelve or thirteen year old, we had like the summer job program, yes. man. We had people who let you cut their grass, wash grass, their cars, bro. do all this. So I'm just wondering to those people who are talking about the two incidents where a gun was sighted and they're talking about a uh, smell of marijuana smoke on water boys i was just like man come to my school on a daily basis i mean how many guns are we finding how much marijuana do you smell on them that you find on them and people are saying that hey man we don't want this to get out into the public because we don't want to frighten anybody Nigga, they bring guns into the school. They bring dope into the school. But we're worried about the dope boys, so to speak, out on the block selling water. So if you want to get water. the water boy water. situation straight, Fred, put, put educators out on the block. And I don't want to hear about no weed. Weed is legal on, in so many states. White men out here making millions Once we of learn how to tax it, keep. once we figure right. out how to tax the weed, weed will be me, legal. Let me tell you, uh, drug tests. Everybody, yeah. If you want to do Trust it, it. <laughs> I think I'm the only nigga in Atlanta gonna come back clean. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> he said. He said teachers don't go through the drugs. No, they don't. Yeah, like, hey, bro. My sister, I ain't gonna say we one. My sister was working at a high school selling weed to teachers, edibles. Oh yeah, yeah. And that yeah. school was. <laughs> Three blacks? Is that school with three blacks? In no, it? no. This is a black school. This is a public school in Atlanta. Selling oh, edibles. Selling edibles. What's yeah, a teacher? So we should be worried about the edible girls instead of the water boys. <laughs> 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 hey, so, e, so e, but here's the crazy thing, though. Nigga. Can you imagine? They're like, so I just want to know this shit here. We know safety, man. And I, and I get this. Niggas been running across the street in the city, man. But, and then here's the crazy thing. We talk about all this safety and shit. All of a sudden, we got bicycle lanes in the hood. Right. Were those lanes put there for black people's safety? No, those lanes right. are put there for the white residents who are moving, moving into those into communities. So right. all of a sudden, though, we worried about some black boys who don't know how they're going to eat their next meal. They're not out there on the block putting that tech 
nine up to your head. They're not kicking somebody's door in. They're doing what you talking about, Andrew. Who's going to be the one to set up that damn table every day? Who's going to be the one to get the shopping cart out of Kroger Park? Like, we know we can actually help to structure this thing and teach them, um, I, I guess, like um, cultural etiquette and all this mm-hmm. stuff right here. But you can't teach, man, this drive. You can't teach grit. You can't teach yeah. hunger. You can't damn. teach consistency. Them young brothers are out there, rain, sleep, or snow. And we got Negroes who are talking about, let's, um, what we need to do is, um, brother Andrew, we need to build, you know, like, um, some place for them to go where they can do it. And here's the crazy thing about that, Keith. And I'm talking about this, this anybody. These boys have created a market. I'm an entrepreneurship teacher. And you know, the hardest thing in the world is to create a market. Mm-hmm. It's hard to compete in a market. And, oh man, and then the price point, and that's why I think, bro, Parham, we were talking about recently, when you start talking about what these boys need, they don't need to get off the corners. What they need is people to start talking to them about, what is your price point? Let, let's look at um, your value proposition. So when you bought this water right here, which I just asked some brothers out there on yeah. Ivan Allen and um, Northside, I said, brother, how much you paying? He said he bought the water from the brother at the corner store. I said, man, you make your money on the purchase, not on the sale. He said, what do you mean by that? Negro, you just said this Indian dude is charging twelve dollars for a bottle, a case of water you get for four dollars at Walmart. Dude, you just lost eight dollars on this sale. So that means eight more bottles you could have put up to somebody's window. And these are the kind of lessons I'll be teaching them, Edge, because this is how we educate, not school. Yeah, brother, when you go up to that, when you go up to that car, brother, first thing I need you to say is, "How you doing today?" Yeah. Don't sell the water. Sell you because you are your own brand. So now, right now, if I was out on that block selling water, I would have thank you on the front. And if they said they didn't want one, I would have on the back of my shirt when I turn and walk away. Thank you anyway. So with all so with all this money we got in the city, and I gotta say that like okay. you go, you go, but I got look, with all this money we got in the city. You mean to tell me that the city can't fund? Uh, businesses who print shirts to print these boys some shirts, fund some barbers to cut these boys' head or mm. get it done. Well, look, I ain't with the haircut. Nice. No, no, no. I, I said, I said, get, I said, cut it or get it done looking nice. <laughs> Shout out. I ain't with that shit. <laughs> so, keep will we take him off the corner while we're doing that? No, no. You keep him on the corner while you do. Okay. Because, because to your point, the reason why that boy bought that Indian water right there, because. He has no resource to get to the store. That's right. Nobody bring. I think the last time somebody did it big like that, I think Jeezy yeah, did it. Jeezy, Jeezy bought did, a pallet. Yeah, Jeezy bought a whole pallet for the boys, and they were still. Can that. you imagine him dropping that off in the hood? <laughs> but, I mean, I, I imagine just a, a whole like you, like you said, this is a whole industry, a whole a market. That and and let, let me just yeah. be real, like these really young boys creative. making on a good day five hundred a day. As we did the okay. numbers, bro. This is uh, a twenty-five million plus organization that they're running so, right here. So, <laughs> so, and I want to put, I want to say this too. You talking about a generation of fearless young brothers. Mm. So mm. why I got to point that out? Mm. What they not telling, they telling you what's happening. They not telling you the white folk that's saying, fuck you, nigger, get out the street. Mm. They not talking about that shit. Mm. We know it's there. Yeah. Mm. They not talking about the motherfucker that's hunking at them when they just trying to make an honest living. So when I say these young boys fearless, they like, fuck you too. Yeah. And they throwing water. Is it the most tactful thing? No. Would you teach them a different way to handle it? Yes. But unless, just let, just like, let's not act like people are walking up to them and praying and saying, Hey, I hope everything is well today. Yeah. Like <laughs> motherfuckers are provoking that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, motherfuckers yeah. are provoking that shit and you ain't got no scared ass Negroes. They're scared of white folk. Mm. So let me just yeah. be very clear. Yeah. Like, 
we're talking about a two-way street on this. Yeah. I'm scared of these black folks yeah. who are out here who are taking the propaganda bait because yeah. you talked about fishing yeah. a while ago. The They've taken the propaganda bait. So white folks, all they had to do in Buckhead, all they got to do is just get the propaganda machine crunk up. Mm-hmm. And then you got these Negroes who are saying like, yeah, because I know um, one of them walked up to my car and did this. Yeah. Me and my brothers and sisters, not that, you know, we have done any scientific data, you know, like on how many people had this experience, but we come from a very large family, just like you from the country. So that means we're going to be more observant and then we're going to be talkative, even though I'm probably the more talkative of all of my siblings. But we actually sat there and watched, not as all of them. Have any of you guys ever had a bad experience with the water boys? So it's like our entire family, nobody has had a bad experience with the water boys. Let, let me but, tell you, the one, I, the one I had, it wasn't even a bad experience. If you work with young people, that's right. they excited to make money. I right. always keep money in my thing. So they all walked up on my door and they're like, come on. I'm like, come on. I'm like, y'all, look, y'all making the block hot, bro. Yeah. All y'all got to do is spread out. I got something for all y'all, but they just excited, That's bro. Right. That's right. They just, it's just kids. It's making kids. money. So what you're yeah. talking about, Fred, if I'm, if I'm hearing him right, this is called learning while you're earning. If you take them off the block, that means you're going to be learning, but you won't be earning. Right. So all the theory that we're talking about right now, if they ask all of the adults who are sitting in this studio right now, hey, we want you to stop being able to provide for yourself. You're probably going to be homeless in three months because they're going to foreclose on your home. Uh, that's but we coming. Want you, so that's exactly right. It's but we want coming. you to do that because we're going to teach you in a way that's going to make you better understand business. No, there are people who have businesses who don't understand business. business but right. then you got young boys who have never been taught anything about entrepreneurship who are entrepreneurs. They just need a little bit more business Man, look, etiquette. Look, look, if that makes any sense. Check this out, e. I just want to ask you this right here. Have you ever heard those brothers who go to school and say, hey, what you majoring in, dog? I'm majoring in business, but the nigga got a job. So why is it that everybody who majored in business work a job, but the niggas who didn't major in business, we run businesses? Bruh, and this is what I'm trying to tell you. And, and at the foundation of all of this, at the foundation of all of this water bullshit, trying to shut them down for making money, we are in a global pandemic with the highest unemployment records numbers that we have ever seen. People are not making money. And they cut off the... So you got young... And they just cut off the 600 plus dollars, right? So now, in an era where we're not making any money, in the era where you're scared to go actually get a job to make money, because you could die. Yeah. Yeah. You got some young boys that have fearlessly created a whole economy. Economy. And you want to shut that shit down. Can't let them do it, E. Yeah, and so here we are. But I'm I'm more concerned, as I've always echoed, is their safety from the police. Because the mayor don't have control of the police, Mm. and we know this. And then our young men are fearless. So, Fred, oh, Fred, I think I think that, I think they deserve to hear that again because we've been pushing this issue of safety. I want you to say that though yeah, to the camera. Yeah, that yeah. safety from what? I want to make sure they heard what Y'all you just safety said. Safety from the police because wow. you know you've got bad actors on the police force, admittedly, mm. and now they're in they're interacting with young men who are fearless and really self determining. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because you're right; they're not going to stop selling water. So, what my hope is for the outcome is that there's some middle ground to be had and stood on because any other direction will be guaranteeing chaos, you know, and, you know, maybe that's exaggeration, but it will be guaranteeing no. unrest. No, that's I, the powder keg that Malcolm was talking yeah, about. The powder keg. Exactly. That's the powder keg. Uh, exaggerating because I, I can look at it right now. You shut down all these water boys. If I'm a dope boy over here, 
I got about 50 new workers. That's right. Rip. That's right. And I know they hungry. And I know I can pay them what they have gotten out there on the block. So Even right now, what I'm not going to do, I know they're going to hustle. Hey, that's right. And what I'm, what I'm saying is right here. See, now, it's going to be hard. I did the calculations. I'm going to be honest with you, bro. Using your number, Elder. Elder said brother making up was a 500. That don't mean every brother on the block, but that's just like having a brother selling dope in the hood. Every brother ain't the kingpin. Mm-hmm. But if we just use that number, $500 a day, that means a young brother is making about $63 an hour. How many of us in this room make $63 an hour? Let's keep it 1000 right here. So now, how can you convince that brother right there? You know what I'm saying? And it might be one. That's going to be an exception to the rule. But what I'm saying is, how can you convince somebody making $63 an hour to go and take a job making $825 an hour when you're going to slave on this right here? And then all of a sudden, I could come in and we start talking about attract. And we start talking about convert and earn. Mm. And I mean, enroll. Now, if I could come in and I could teach this brother, man, with your skill set, how would you like to take $500 a day and turn it into $5,000 a day? And you're going to do half the work that you're doing right now because you don't have to be out on the block worried about these, um, Fred, those, um, what we call, um, um, you know, you got Chattel slavery and you got de jure slavery. So now we got all these different kinds of laws that are like this invisible hand. So yeah, we want to dig deep into every article. Almost everybody in the city who's running a business right. that not brick and mortar is breaking the law. That's right. Because That's half right. of us, you know, know that there are people who might have the um, peddler's license and whatnot, yeah. but they don't have a kiosk. Right. They don't have like certain other things that we've been learning about lately that you yeah. should have if you're selling on the streets. So I want to just echo what you said, Fred, and back off of this right here. Let's not use that word safety too loosely because just like I can say that you can't stand on the block and, and sell your water for your safety. So what happens when your daughter who's a cheerleader and they're doing a fundraiser next year and no. the police come and slam her on her head? Right. And people say that she was just too aggressive the way she walked up to somebody's car and they dialed 911. Right. See, all of a sudden you're going to want these same leaders that you say don't exist in Atlanta. Oh, they will know Eldridge Washington oh, yeah. is a leader then. See, real leaders only show up, man, when you need them. You don't see real leaders chasing no damn cameras and microphones and whatnot. Right. That's what my brother is. He, he was about to go there, but real leaders don't do that. The real leaders, man, we have a mantra, and we say, you will not out-serve me, but you might out-camera me. Come so on. what we need right now, man, some real leadership, and I think the leadership is going to come, Brother Elder, from what you brought us here today to talk about. The real leadership is going to come from them young warriors, and Elder like to call them young wolves or whatnot. Come on. When you yeah. doggone talk about being a real leader, and I can say this because I have followed in the footsteps of leaders, I've stood on the shoulders of leaders, I am now in the process of the second part of my life where all I do is create more leaders. So I will take those brothers on the block. Put them in my classroom. I tell people, don't tell me how to do it. Don't give me any standards. Let me use my own curriculum. Here's that education versus schooling. You will walk in there. I will produce you 33 businessmen who can stand on that block, sell water, tell you their return on investment, break down that cost structure because it's a simple business model canvas that they'll be using. On that note, I'm going to say this. Uh, Parham, I'm going to let you close out. What's your thoughts to the people right here? Um... What do we, Dr. King said the best, where do we go from here? Man, I think we keep doing what we're doing. Uh, let's elevate the demand for reparations. Reparations now. Get a T-shirt, get a pen, get a bracelet, put it on your car, whatever way you're willing to go. And that struggle for reparations is going to take on many, many challenges. You know, there will be many different comp- opinions about which direction to go. But the key is just move. Let's just keep moving. 
and everybody be involved, as President Obama said at John Lewis's funeral the other day. We can't stand right now. We don't have no time for no bystanders. Mm-hmm. Everybody got to do their part. So that's where I would leave it. Cool. Reparations what about now. Reparation now. What? Where you at, man? What you got for the people? Well, for me, y'all know I come in. Yeah, I think I've been on the show what two or three times, Keith. Mm-hmm. And with that, I'm always gonna highlight this brother right here, Ag Gaston out of Birmingham, man. This brother right here, he was on to something back in the '60s when he had the Gaston Motel, when he had the radio station. That when you talked about, you know, like the students being involved in Birmingham, they couldn't get involved without having that radio station of Ag Gaston. You could not get insurance, and you know, from a rep on white insurance company you could not get loans so i think uh on top of us um fighting for reparations we need to be fighting for entrepreneurship man and that entrepreneurial spirit that we're trying to um dampen right here in our own city because um i was sharing with you eldred during the break i said i love claude um anderson, anderson. And Claude Anderson in Power Numbers was talking about the Montgomery bus boycott but he wasn't like taken away from it but he said that was that moment at the end of that Montgomery bus boycott, Elder, you've been alluding to this moment that we're in right now. If y'all heard me say earlier, like November the 3rd, you know, that that's that big day. But what happens November the 4th? So in that moment, once they took the signs down and said that black people can ride anywhere they want to on the bus, that's when we knew we had them by the balls. That's when we should have walked the fuck away eternally and started our own bus lines. And I and I support Claude Anderson. I think my takeaway will be Eldred. On top of the fight for reparations, let's get us a short game. There's a fight for entrepreneurship. And let's start riding with the youth who are on the block selling water. That's my takeaway. Love that, love that, love that. My, this, I'm going to end it on this. I'm going to end it with, you know, you hear a lot of people when it comes to politics say, you know, you need to vote because our ancestors died for that, right? And I believe we should honor our ancestors' work, but I don't feel like we should pick and choose what work we honor. Our ancestors died to read. So just like we jump on people for not voting, we need to jump on for vote people not reading our work. Mm-hmm. Our ancestors died for ownership. Just like we jumping on folk for not voting, we need to jump on people for not owning their own businesses, owning their own land, only owning their own homes. Our ancestors died for so much more than just voting. They died for complete and full dignity. And right now, these water boys are fighting for their dignity. They're fighting for the right to stand up and say, I am a man and I want to work and earn mine. And I'm going to do it legally and I'm going to do it successfully. And anybody that's against that are against our ancestors and their work. I say this every week. I love y'all. I need y'all. But most importantly, I can't wait to see y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in to the Just Elders podcast. Damn.